where we fix up your roster. On this week's episode, we have a very special guest, Mr. Quinn Duggan. How's it going, sir? Yeah, it's all right. I'm very special. Hello. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you are special in the sense that uh, you are a 3-0 winner of the Santa Claus Clash that happened at the end of... It'll almost assuredly be last year when this episode comes out, but it might still be 2020 when this episode comes out. Um, but yeah, uh, you are officially a winner of a TTS League event, which makes you special in my eyes at the very least. Oh, <laughs> thanks. Um, but uh, yeah, as I said, you were invited on specifically because you did 3-0 in the Santa Claus Clash, and you did so with a very interesting Brotherhood roster. Um, so I'm actually just going to dive right into it, if that's all right with you. Um, so down the line, we've got <laughs> all the Brotherhood characters, all the Web Warriors characters. Um, so that's Ghost Spider, Magneto, Mystique, Sabretooth, Spider-Man, Spider-Man, Toad, um, Valkyrie, Venom, Vision. And so we were discussing this before the yeah. show, but Venom should actually be a Koye, right? So you weren't actually playing full Web Warriors. Yeah, so what ended up happening is, because I'm a doofus, I managed to kind of mix up what iteration of the list I was running. So I ran the Okoye list in the event. I didn't use Okoye throughout the event, so it's fine. It's still mm -hmm. technically whatever it was. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's like kind of a thing that I ended up tweaking towards the end that I didn't end up putting on top of top TO, because I'm a dum-dum. So, in your quote-unquote ideal finalized roster, you're actually missing two Web Warriors in Venom and Daredevil. Is there a particular reason you excluded both of them? So, the reason that I didn't include either of those is because I feel that those two characters, specifically in Web Warriors, uh, lean more into the strengths that Brotherhood kind of covers in this roster, and there's never really going to be a situation where I want to play Web Warriors instead of Brotherhood in the situations where Venom and Daredevil are actually helpful. So, like, you know, kind of clustered secures, because Magneto is just so good on them. Yeah. Uh, and then th the reason that Web Warriors are in there is for when either I get forced into playing wide on, like, a D, mm -hmm. or if I want to force my opponent into going wide with a D because I'm worried about their brawling capabilities, effectively. Yeah. That's very interesting. I've I've I found a lot of use for Daredevil just in being a long mover that's incredibly tanky in Web Warriors, because um, he gets to a point mm. where basically nobody can kill him unless they have Mystic. Um, but yeah, I can definitely see leaving Venom at home if you literally never plan to fight with Web Warriors ever. Um, yeah, I mean, you also the other thing be. is Sabretooth. Yeah, I, I, I guess Sabretooth fills a very them. similar role to yeah. Daredevil without actually costing you a slot because you would be taking them all already yeah. for Brotherhood. Yeah. Um, I I like the Okoye version of this, definitely, because I like having more twos, but uh, obviously today we're going to be going over the one submitted um, for at least the analysis section. Um, but yeah. let's go on to your tactics cards. So here you've got Advanced R&D, All Webbed Up, Asteroid M, Climbing Gear, Deception, Field Dressing, Magnetic Refraction, and Med Pack. So, obviously, you're taking advantage of the um, very powerful Brotherhood or Brotherhood character-specific cards here with Magnetic Refraction, Deception, and Asteroid M. 
Though that does mean that unless you're splashing Mystique or Magneto, which is very unrealistic, you are playing exactly advanced R&D, all webbed up, climbing gear, field dressing med pack when you're playing web warriors. Yeah. Uh, actually, I, I'm not too sure that the Magneto Splash in Web Warriors is that unrealistic. I feel that a lot of the time, because the Web Warriors are so cheap, you can set up like 10 points with like the three that I've got and then just chuck mags in there if you're going for 16. And like just having that powerhouse in the middle of the board or, you know, on one flank does fairly well. Like it's not a thing you'd typically see but it is an option I so think. so i guess that actually begs the question then um what's it called <laughs> how how good do you find magneto when you aren't using his leadership because he's arguably incredibly power hungry right um so mm. uh, i'm i'm interested in if so most of the times i've ever seen him it's been leading brotherhood or he's playing in cabal where he's able to get some power um yeah. Not as much as he would generate in Brotherhood, but still a decent amount. Uh, have you found Have you found one playing in him in Web Warriors uh, that he doesn't have power, power issues? Or so the thing I typically tend to find with Magneto when I'm running him in Brotherhood and he's got the extra power is a lot of the time that only comes into use when you're on his activation and he planning to do a bunch of throws and that extra one just helps pay that tax a little bit more mm -hmm. uh, and i think when you're in a web warriors team effectively the reason magneto is there is just as a large threat that can do damage mainly through his attacks uh also the reposition from being outside of two with his reverse polarity helps with the web warriors game mm -hmm. uh, and i tend to find that uh, most games I play with Magneto, uh, I usually do fine in terms of power, just from generating it from strikes, either just, you know, getting into a position, setting up, doing two attacks a turn, usually generates him enough power to get, like, a throw or two off, uh, also depends on if he's been attacked previously, whether he slipped. There's a lot of factors that go into whether Mags has enough power to do something or not. And it may just be a playstyle thing, but I usually find that he's okay in that regard. Yeah, I I think he probably can get to self-sufficient very easily uh, if you're able to get into the reroll all range of his strikes. Um, yeah. But uh, without that, only just getting to a turn might be a little bit iffy, considering how much he wants to, like, chain throw. Um, but yeah, if it's working out for your web warriors as just a super attrition-heavy... Um, like protection piece that fends off people while Miles goes and runs and hides. I I can respect that. Yeah, I mean pe people have been playing Modok in a very similar way, um, to great mm. effect. Um, how how often are you getting climbing gear off with Web Warriors? Out of curiosity, because what one of the hallmarks of Web Warriors, in my view, is that they have terrible power issues until like round two or three um which is uh, yeah partially why i'm assuming advanced r&d is in there but um are you finding you're reliably actually having the power for climbing gear with web warriors it has really nice synergy so, with uh, gwen as well actually with the it. climbing gear it's, 
not necessarily there for the web warriors themselves, but rather the things that I bring alongside them. So, like, I've already mentioned that I have plans to bring Magneto with them, but also just getting certain characters, just that just that little nudge forwards, I find can be a big swinging point in a lot of games, like, later on. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, if someone's trying to control a Valkyrie or a Sabretooth or a whoever, like, just being able to get that sneaky move off uh, enables you to do a lot of things. And the reason I bring it for the out-of-affiliation characters is effectively because, in my view, the out-of-affiliation characters do a lot of the heavy lifting in terms of just the general combat of the game. Yeah. Like, the, the three web warriors are kind of there as objective pieces, control pieces, to set up what I bring out of affiliation, whether it be Valkyrie, Sabretooth, Magneto, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I definitely like it more on all of the Brotherhood members. I think it's great on Magneto. I think it's decent on uh, Sabretooth. And I think anyone with a rapid-fire weapon loves climbing gear. Um, mm-hmm. Just because uh, since you know that they're guaranteed to generate two unless they kill their target, if you start with one power, you can always double-tap into climbing gear into double-tapping someone else if need be. Um. Yeah. So yeah, I'm 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 definitely on board with it, at the very least for the Brotherhood side. And since you're splashing a lot of Brotherhood characters, uh, I can definitely see it um, finding place there. Actually, quick question because I can't remember magnetic refraction. Is that affiliated or? Um... Uh, it's unaffiliated. <laughs> but if your Brotherhood you get to recycle it. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, that's it. I couldn't remember. I knew there was some restriction on the recycling clause. I just couldn't remember whether it was uh, for being an affiliation or what. Um, yeah. Uh, so so uh, going back to the Brotherhood half real quick. Um, are you always playing Asteroid M, Magnetic, Refraction, and Deception, and then just slotting in two others? Or do you find uh, the Brotherhood cards to be situational to what you're planning? Uh, so when I play Brotherhood, I do end up running all three, because I think, A, they're all really good cards, and B, they are vital to kind of my game plan with Brotherhood. Uh, Magnetic Fraction, very good defensive card. Yep. Text a lot of things, because I tend to want to run kind of very close, narrow secures with Brotherhood, so like I've got two E's in my list, which is that Brotherhood. Yep. Uh, so having the refraction up on those usually encapsulates most of my team, if not all of it. Uh, Deception is very good for kind of countering certain turn one plays that my opponent might have of, you know, kind of having someone run off, grab an objective. If they can't come back, then they're coming to me and they're going to hurt. And then Asteroid M, I tend to use later in the game, probably around two or three. I don't tend to use it round one. And I tend to use that to kind of get Magneto back into the fight once either he's been controlled out of it, or that he's kind of finished up dealing with whoever was deceptioned in on the back point, and then he finally wants to get in there and kind of get in the thick of everything else. Yeah, I've been really liking Asteroid M almost better than Mothership, and I already thought Mothership was bonkers. Um, but to me, the difference between uh, Black Order and Brotherhood here is that 
I mean, Thanos is fine with being a mothership if need be, but like Magneto just teleporting all the way across the board is going to make people shit their pants because like he's yeah. he's coming to daze multiple people when he teleports. Um, it's it's such a nightmare to play around too um, for people who haven't played against Brotherhood because Ma Magneto is one of the heaviest hitters in the game. Um, Definitely. Because what uh, we we just have Thanos, She-Hulk, and uh, Magneto as sixes, right? And Th Thanos is a bit uh, weird. normal Hulk. Oh yeah, normal Hulk. But normal normal Hulk is normal Hulk. Um, <laughs> well, poor poor normal Hulk. But I think I think if you look at She-Hulk and Magneto, they really show what like a heavyweight should look like. Because Thanos, mm -hmm. he's okay, but if you look at his stats. He's kind of a very tanky five that has a lot of weird utility because he can play a lot of gems. Um, so he yeah. doesn't really like rate to me as like a six threat, just heavy beater. Uh, mm. And Magneto, to me, he doesn't quit, uh, hit quite as hard as She-Hulk, but he can hit from further away. And he has a, some really good support tools in Magnetic Refraction and uh, Asteroid M. And I think he is one of, one of the scarier top end pieces right now along with, like, yeah. She-Hulk and Modoc. Also, just due to his consistency as well, with the whole re-rolls within two and the static damage of throws, uh, he's probably not as heavy hitter as She-Hulk, but he's probably a lot more consistent, I find. Yeah, so, like, so it's a little bit tricky because he has, quote-unquote, infinite throws. So, like, yeah. like, if he pops off, um, with like enough power, he can daze almost literally anyone in the game, and there's basically no way to stop it. Um, mm. but it is often very hard to get to that point. And on top of that, when you are playing yeah. Brotherhood, he generates so much free power; it's insane. Like he generates more power than Cabal does, which was already considered an incredible leadership ability for generating power offensively. So. Mm. Yeah, I, ju I just love him all around. Uh, out of curiosity, this totally doesn't have anything to do with tactics, but do you ever play the Mystique Leader uh, version? I forget what hers is called. Uh, uh, it's Free Extracts. I think that's the name of it. It's, yeah, Free Extracts and can cap point, but not the points that you actually would want to cap for free. Because actually, real quick, let's them. switch to Crises real quick, because I think one of your Crises is actually okay. very interesting to play this on. Um, so mm. we've got alien ship crashes in downtown, fear grips world as worthy terrorized cities, spider infected invade Manhattan, and then for the secures, cosmic invasion, black order descends on earth, demons downtown has our comeuppance come due, and then finally gamma wave sweeps across the Midwest. And in particular, I was wondering if cosmic invasion was specifically for when you felt like playing mystique led brotherhood, because... Uh, Mystique being able to cap and move on on D's, I think, is deceptively powerful. Hmm. Uh, so that wasn't really what led to the inclusion of that card. That card is mainly there for the Web Warriors, because I mean, a lot of the time, the Web Warriors and Mystique-led Brotherhood kind of fill the same niche. They're both kind of wider teams. Uh, and the reason I went with Cosmic Invasion in particular is because it gives out free power occasionally. And you know who loves free power? Everyone. But Web Warriors love free power even more. 
Uh, and that's kind of where my thinking went for like the I was guaranteed to include a D just because sometimes you need to force that against certain teams yeah. if you're not confident with your brotherhood into them, uh, which did end up happening in my third game uh, against a Cubes Hulk list with defenders. Yeah, uh, that, that was something I noticed that, in my uh, archaeology. You essentially never had Pryo, or you had Pryo the first round, I think? Uh, potentially. I don't actually remember. I know that uh, I got to pick Secures a lot. I think I got to pick Secures every game, which was interesting, considering I didn't have Pryo a lot of the time. Yeah, was it a lot of uh, hired muscle and uh, defenders shells trying to force particular extracts? Uh, not particularly. Um, so my first game was Gamma and the extract. Uh, it was Gamma and Wakandan Herbs, uh, and that was against Criminal Syndicate and Cabal Roster. Uh, I assume they were playing Herbs in order to try and kind of just ignore the extract game entirely. The thing is, I have Toad, and Toad is pretty damn good at getting the Herb where it needs to be. Just because you can grab it from further away, kind of run, hop, run, hop, do that kind of thing. Uh, and I did end up scoring uh, the herbs that game, I think, twice overall. But yeah, so I played into that. I think they just weren't a fan of the extracts I had brought, potentially, because Alien Ship is a rough one for... Well, it's not necessarily a rough one, it's just that I think a lot of the extracts favour me, because... Hammer, hammers, I'm probably going to be... I'm fairly wide when I play Brotherhood. I usually go four wide at 15 and then five wide anywhere else. Uh, especially in the Okoye variant, which I did end up playing, even though totally cheated. Uh, so, yeah, the the decision-making on that part, I'm not too sure of. Uh, I believe... I yeah, so I played Gamma, Gamma, and then Cosmic Invasion. Uh, I'm not sure if the second Gamma was my choice or not. Uh, but we ended up playing that anyway, and it was Gamma Hammers. Uh, and effectively, every time that Gamma went down, I was just like, well, this is Brotherhood time, because I've got pushes from Magneto, I've got murder from Magneto, I can pull people around with Mystique if I need to, uh, which ended up giving Wolverine a very bad day uh, in the second game. Uh, and just, yeah, kind of... the. The whole crisis thing is, yeah, the priority thing was interesting because there wasn't any hired muscle being run. Uh, I think my last round opponent did have it, but ended up playing uh, the cubes Hulk list instead. Yeah, I just didn't really run into it that much that day. I'm not sure yeah, why I got picked. The defenders list, will play either. Um... Spider infected or cubes with prio, depending on which one they discard, mm. if I recall correctly, from the Pentathletes episode, which for all of our listeners, if you haven't already watched that, you should. Um, very powerful defenders list with a lot of different ways to build a scenario advantage from round one uh, by abusing portals. Um, so when you, uh, so I think you played Brotherhood all three rounds, right? Or did you actually play Spider Folks one round? Uh, I played Brotherhood in the first two rounds, and then I went for the D-Secure in the final mm -hmm. round because I knew I wanted to play Web Warriors because 
once I saw cubes come down, uh, well, once I knew that potential four cubes was there, I was like, well, I'm going to play Web Warriors, and if they do end up dropping cubes, I'm going to try and pull Hulk in and just beat the crap out of them. Yeah, being able to move which Hulk went, against as well is super valuable. Yeah, which is also why I prefer to have Parker over the other two four-point Web Warriors. Yeah, that was something I was going to bring up during the character selection, is maybe turning Parker into Venom or Peter, but I think specifically into the Hulk cube strategy, I think uh, Peter is way better. Um, that's what, one of the places where he actually really shines due to all of his displacement tools. Uh, but without any further ado, let's just hop into actual team building. So 14 threat, um, here you've got... Uh, 13 uh, possible teams, roughly an even split between Brotherhood and uh, Spiders. Um, mm. So how, how wide are you playing here? I'm assuming you're always going four wide and not one of the three wide uh, Brotherhood variations. Yeah, I'm always going four wide, uh, depending on which secure is in play. I yeah, so this would always have to be one of yours, right? So, yeah, it's always one of mine, which means I usually force gamma, mm -hmm. uh, or gamma or demons, because I'm guaranteed to have at least one E in my hand. Yeah, which is the one I usually play. Uh, the D is once again they're kind of just as a potential switch uh, if I need to go for web warriors. But if I'm playing either gamma or demons, doesn't really change what I do much. Uh, I usually end up running Magneto, Mystique, Toad, and Valkyrie tends to be my standard 14. Interesting. You don't try and find room for Miles over Valkyrie here to have the Force Drop Extract play on Senators? So, whilst that is something that I can do, and has legs, what I prefer to play, like, just based on secure VPs a lot of the time, especially if I'm playing Gamma. Uh, and because of that, Having yeah, yeah, Valkyrie on Gamma there, you can force a tie, and you'll be up on attrition. Um, but for demons, yeah, exactly. would you consider it for demons, I guess, is the specific thing here. Because it's much slower, okay. and you're only going to win the center mm -hmm. in your home, which means you're going to have a 2-1 split in on secures. They're going to have a 2-0 split on extracts, assuming they do it yeah. correctly, which means they're going to have a 3-2 scenario advantage for essentially the whole game, unless you're able to get the senator off of them. Yeah, and I think in that situation, I still end up playing the same list, uh, and I just try and focus on getting the kill on whoever picks up the center, because they get minus one to defense and dodge, which means that Magneto yeah, Brotherhood have a very easy time of just throwing a bunch of stuff at them and just doing like enough damage to get them to drop the thing. Depending on where they've ended up, it either goes to the person who managed to daze them, or if I can leave it for a while and just have it be safe. Uh, Toad is usually my go-to for grabbing that extract, because yeah, A, I don't really it. care if he gets hunted down, and B, uh, because of Slippery, he can just run away. Like, he, usually, yeah, they'll only get one attack in on him. Yeah, he's got a lot of mobility there for just running away with it. Actually, the more I look at it, the more I respect that team um, into specifically Senators Demons because 
uh, you're able to threaten threaten the Mystique double move into an Asteroid M Magneto straight onto their Senator Holder um, mm. at all times, or just Toad, if you want to have him here for pickup. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that's 100% the right call. Um, and I think that's going to wrap us up on 14, so let's go to 15. So, 15, you probably... Hello? There's something Hello? weird going on. Yeah, yeah, can you hear me? Um, there's yeah, something weird going on with my... Uh, there's a difference between apparently what's getting recorded and what's uh, being shown on my Google slide sheet, and it keeps on sliding to random slides, and I don't know why. Um, but it should be fine hmm. in the ultimate recording. I may or may not cut cool. this out for the listeners. Uh, <laughs> you either get to see a little bit of how the sausage gets made or not. We'll see. Um, but yeah, 15 threat. So here... You're uh, playing Gamma or Herbs, um, but probably yeah. Gamma. You, you're, you've got a game plan for Gamma. Um, so it's Gamma and whatever your opponent picks. What's your go-to team on 15? Uh, my go-to team for 15 is Magneto, Mystique, Toad, and Vision. Uh, with Vision effectively being a straight one for upgrade from Valkyrie from the 14-point list. Yeah, I, I definitely love him on E-Shapes. He is an excellent throw bot if you need to clear a point. His beams are filthy. Um, sitting on the midpoint, he can threaten your enemy's point, um, and he's reasonably tanky. Um, the downside of his type switching doesn't really matter as much because you're generating so much power from uh, Magneto's leadership that unless your opponent's like really doing something crazy with defenders like constantly switching types to screw with you, you're always going to have enough power to switch to the optimal defense type um yeah there's also less of a threat in terms of just how what kind of options your opponent is going to have at that threat level for different types of attack as well mm -hmm. i also really like vision because he fulfills the turn one uh throw that isn't magneto as well which is the same reason i bring valkyrie and i think that's a very important thing to include in pretty much every Brotherhood roster, because that turn one throw, giving out a bunch of power, just really helps get the ball rolling. Yeah. Um, if your opponent drops herbs for whatever reason, is there um, a particularly different build where you try and get Toad to score the herbs, or do you just play whatever extract you put down and just try and play for advantage and holding the center so that they can never score it themselves? Mm -hmm. Effectively, I kind of just do what I do with sensors, which is I play for the middle, and, yep. well, play for the secures, and then Toad can, as long as I get my throws off and I build up enough power from them, Toad can reliably get to the herb turn three, I think, because he does move hop, move hop, and I think that's enough to get him there. If it's not, then turn four. Either way, it's fine, because... Yeah. Once again, I just bring my attrition abilities to bear, and just if I'm on demons, then you know everyone's on fire, and then vision is beaming everyone, which feels like bad day for whoever's in that beam, uh, and also just being able to hunt down that extra carrier for my opponent uh, with either just catching them while they're trying to like cross the middle uh, to get to the altar, or just. Going Mystique, double move, Magneto drops down on the head, kills them. 
and then kind of scatters the her- the herb to the wind. Uh, yeah, that's kind of my strat for 15 with herbs. Doesn't really change what my makeup for the team is a lot. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, do you ever play five wide into scenario focused uh, gamma teams like Wakanda just to try and force the last activation if you don't have cryo? Uh, usually no, because uh, effectively I have three characters that kind of mitigate what Shuri does, and the final one I don't really care about because Magneto can ignore the pushes by virtue of uh, what's it called? Force projection, that's it. His defensive buff that prevents him being pushed. Vision can be in physical mode, which means he can't be pushed at all. And then Mystique has a way around it by virtue of stealth. Uh, And Shuri doesn't really want to be within 3 of Mystique, because if she's in 3 of Mystique, she's probably in range for some other people to murder her. Uh, And then Toad is stood there doing whatever Toad does, and I don't really mind him being controlled. If you want to spend a three-point character controlling a two-point character, go ahead, right? Yeah, and if I recall correctly, uh, Slippery, does it have an away clause? Uh, It doesn't have an away clause. It has a damage clause. Yep. So if Shuri is very likely to do one damage, so yeah, if, if you're sufficiently motivated, you can always get him back to the point and then some. So I think a lot of times yeah. street players aren't even going to bother shooting him because they can get him somewhere where he wasn't before, in addition to being able to get back exactly where he was, uh, if you want that. Um, anything else to cover on 15? I think that's pretty much the whole deal. I think that's um, it. Yeah. Let's go on up to 16 threat then. Um, so here it's either... Uh, uh, Black Order descends, or um, what's it called? Uh, Fist, Fist. Uh, vows to find witnesses. So it's either a secure of yeah. yours, or it's a secure of your opponents um, playing some kind of fast secure game. Yeah. Um, what are your favorite mm. teams here at sixteen? So if I'm playing on Black Order descends, uh, I'm probably running by Warriors because Brotherhood don't really have the potential to do super wide stuff. I mean, they do with Mystique, but not the way I want to play my Brotherhood. Uh, and I probably end up playing the uh, team I mentioned earlier, which is the three web warriors plus mags. Yep. Uh, the three web warriors being uh, Peter, not Miles. Uh, not Miles. Peter, not Venom, because I ended up not having Venom. That's yep. a spoiler. Uh, yeah, so I probably end up running that, because uh, I can kind of hold down one flank with Magneto. I can have Gwen bouncing between wherever she needs to be. Uh, I can do similar things with Peter. And I can have Miles go extract hunting if I really need to. And then with that team, I've got three pushes. One of which is action-based, but it's on a builder attack. Um, And then the other two are from the superpowers of Parker and Gwen. Which gives me quite a large degree of control. And I think I'd probably end up playing that list on either of those secures, simply because uh, if I get to put down extracts, then I'm either putting down usually worthy or alien ship because I'm playing four mm-hmm. wide. Uh, I, I don't really want to put down spiders in case my opponent's running a really wide list because they yeah. can get a great benefit out of that. Uh, and on like Fisk, 
you kind of have Magneto just stand there on one of the on one of the witnesses, uh, which isn't great because the stun hampers yep. him a fair bit. But equally, uh, I may move around to making that so he's not stood on it, and then I've got one of the web warriors on there, probably Gwen, if I was going to have one of them on there. Uh, and also, if I... Potentially, what I end up doing is I do a refused flank, focus everything on one of the senators, and then, because I get to move the other one, I start moving it towards me, so I can start playing a closer and closer game, which is then when Magneto gets to shine effectively. Yeah, quick note about Magneto, um, for people hmm. who don't know this, I'm fairly certain this has been answered on the forums. Uh, but Magneto actually has a bit of a backdoor around stun um, because his Master of Magnetism ability, um, what's it called, gives him one per metal construct. So each metal construct is giving him power as a separate source, if I recall correctly. So if he has two, he still gets three even through stun. Yeah. Um, and also because his leadership triggers is... In the... Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, so also because that ability triggers in the second step of the power phase after everyone gains their normal one. Yeah. Uh, whereas a lot of abilities like Asgardian <laughs> or Gamma Transfusion from she Hulk, they yeah, say they gain additional power, power which then yep. means it happens in that initial point. Whereas because this happens in the secondary point, not only do you get your normal one, which counts as a single individual point, but then yep. you get two other separate instances of one power. Which is why the stun kind of is mitigated a fair bit. And on top of that, his leadership only gives out one power per person at a time, so that bypasses stun. Um, so essentially, mm. the only thing that Magneto doesn't like stun with is his builder. Um, so that's something yeah. to keep in mind on witnesses. It's not the end of the world. I don't like damaging Magneto. I actually hate the damage more than I hate the stun for Magneto. That's fair. Yeah, I mean... Uh, I tend to run med packs, so like, yeah, you yeah. usually get away with a few of them. But yeah, it's still not great to just have auto damage go off. Yeah, but that's something to keep in mind because I, I think Magneto definitely has a reputation as being a power hungry character. So I think a lot of people might think that stun completely hoses him. But specifically because of the way all of his abilities are worded, he actually doesn't care about being stunned all that much. Um, because unless you spike with a builder, you're almost never affected by it more than a couple power. Mm. Um, but specifically on um, witnesses, I, I was interested to hear you say that you like playing uh, spiders there just because Asteroid M seems like such a game ender on uh, witnesses. If you like clear a flank and then you pull Magneto over to the other side. Yeah. Uh, plus all the so, power generation helps bypass the stun, because it's all incremental. So I think there is potential there for me to run Brotherhood. I probably end up going Mags, uh, Mystique, Toad, uh, and then it's... Yeah, so this would be in the revised version that has a Koye. I'd then run a Koye Valk. I think that's 16. Yeah, because that's yep. two more than the 14 correct. If I have that option available to me, then I could see myself doing that. Uh, also, depending on board setup, you could run that as a mystique leadership and then mm -hmm. just not stand on the thing. 
and then that way you kind of evade the damage and the stun. Uh, I think in either instance, I quite like doing a refused flank, just because uh, if I'm playing Brotherhood, I can Astral M Magneto over there with like a double long move from Mystique, or I can kind of try and draw my opponent in by constantly moving their uh, what, what's it called witness, like moving their witness along things, and then also depending on like what scenario I'm playing, if I can grab one of the just if I can get up on extracts, I then force my opponent to come to me, mm-hmm. which is fairly viable in a web warriors list because I have miles. I can have miles run up, grab the thing, run away, uh, whilst being in like potentially a protected bubble from Magneto with magnetic fraction, or if I've somehow generated an absolute crap ton of power, uh, doing a climbing gear away and stuff like that. Uh, also, Gwen having, uh, what's it called, Lifesaver. Gwen Lifesavering a miles away that is grabbing extract uh, can, can kind of force your opponent to come to you. And then if that's happening, you can set up a favourable scenario with Magneto just kind of doing what Magneto does and just uh, killing the world, effectively. And then, yeah. like, once the secures get close enough together, you can start using, you know, my... Uh, not Miles, Gwen uh, and Parker to kind of pull people apart, get them off the points, and then it kind of just becomes a point of getting above, getting up on crisis uh, VPs, and then just drawing them in so that effectively they will eventually have to commit to fighting you, and I think most of the time by virtue of having Magneto at that threat level, there aren't many things that can hold up to him, and I usually win the ensuing brawl. Yeah, especially because on either of those scenarios, you're probably not seeing MODOK. Um, yeah. Maybe in a dedicated syndicate list that doesn't have a great 16 option without him, but mo- most of the time you are not going to see many other heavyweights. I mean, I, I haven't dojoed much with A-Force yet, so maybe A-Force secretly yeah. loves um, Witnesses. But I sincerely doubt it. So Magneto's typically yeah. going to be the heaviest hitter on the board when you're playing uh, 16 witnesses. Yeah. Eh, Which I then try and leverage either way. Yeah, Asgard. I mean, with Asgard, Thor they're going to have to come That in. might be a bit iffy, but... Ugh. Yeah, potentially. I mean, also, Angela wasn't out at the time of this list being built. That may be a thing I have to watch out for in the future. But yeah. I think... I can kind of get a fair bit of value out of Gwen doing lifesavers out of, say, a Farazgard, or just doing things to kind of waste their resources, because if they're playing those two characters, they're then probably playing Valkyrie in a free threat. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure which three threat they end up playing. Um, not too well versed in what I think it depends on their splash. Uh guardians is semi-popular so you might see like drax or something um to that effect um i also think criminal syndicate and a force are also going to be other good splashes so you might see taskmaster Mm. you might see shuri um shuri wasp i don't don't think you see wasp a lot of the time yeah well i I think wasp makes it into a decent amount of a force rosters because she's a flyer oh yeah so it's a three cost that isn't Captain Marvel, or well, Captain Marvel cost four, but 
uh, a yeah. What what's the name of her drop off? Special delivery. Um, special delivery. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what wasp? If you're seeing an A four splash, will almost always be in there for the special delivery play. Um, yeah. unless they really love Captain Marvel, but even then, um. Uh, but I I don't think you're super afraid of her. Um, I think you're more afraid of yeah. the Thor Angela headliners. Um, and as long as they don't yeah. dedicate both of them to trying to 2v1 Magneto, and you can like deal with them in time, I think you've got a decent shot. Mm. Um, anything also, else we I need to cover at 16? Uh, I don't think so. I think just if I'm running into Angela and Thor, I try and lead Angela on kind of a bit, bit of a merry chase with either Parker or... Uh, probably Parker, I try and draw her away with that, because then Magneto versus Thor, Thor will likely go down quite quickly, just by virtue of the re-rolls, whereas against Angela, I can't get them. So if I'm going to pull them apart piecemeal, I want to get rid of Thor first, mercilessly. Yeah, I definitely think that's the call. Um, Stagger's very annoying. It's not the end of the world for Magneto, because he can still dish out a lot of damage through... Not infinite, but a lot of throws. I forget what the theoretical max on him is if you start it. Um, I, I think it depends on size a lot of the time. Uh, yeah, yeah, so yeah size three. is a huge factor. Um, uh, I think it's three and then two twos uh, for a max power, but then you can generate power in between, so potentially more. Yeah, I, I think it depends on if you get double builder strikes to refuel in the middle. But yeah, he, he can do a lot yeah. of throwing if need be, even through a stagger. Um, so that's definitely something to mm -hmm. keep in mind if you're playing Thor into him. Um, but let's bump on up to 17 threat. Um, so here the field's wide open. Um, I forget, do you have any inbuilt 17s? Um, let me just um, pull up the roster in a second. Spider infected. Yeah, Spider Infected. I keep on forgetting that's exactly 17. Um, so, uh, what's your game plan for Spider Infected first? Uh, Spider Infected is there a lot of the time as a deterrent against uh, kind of teams that want to go taller rather than wide. So, things like Black Order, that kind of thing. Uh, or just, you know, uh, mm -hmm. I don't know if you've played against uh, TVE Matt, but he runs a very interesting like cabal like three man cabal list with like thanos just oh, lists that want to run something that's yeah you, you might want to get him on for that because that is an interesting roster uh but yeah so effectively spider infected is in there for rosters that are taller than mine but mm. also it it helps against rosters that are really wide as well because you can only have one of the extracts if i've got you know, one of them or two of them, then effectively, uh, also Spider Infected is in there for teams that really don't like being moved around. Like Brotherhood don't like being moved around a lot per se, but they are okay with it if they have the Asteroid M in the back pocket. Also, yeah. I tend to not pick up extracts with Magneto because effectively whoever has an extract on them gets a target painted on their back, and Magneto already has one painted on his back pretty much from the offset of every game. So you don't want to double up a lot of the time and just give your opponent extra bonuses for doing something they were already probably going to try and do. So I try and spread my extracts between, like, Mystique, 
uh, Toad, that kind of thing. Uh, also, the list I run at 17, almost exclusively, ends up being Magneto, Mystique, Toad, Valkyrie, and Gwen. Because Gwen, I find, is very useful from a control standpoint, uh, either by doing a lifesaver to get certain people out of dodge, that can be a very good swing in a lot of games. Uh, you know, if someone looks like they're about to bring Magneto down and you just kind of need to go, yeah, that's not happening today, just pulling them out. Or, you know, saving a Toad who's got an extract from being murdered if you don't expect him to survive the hit and slippery away. I find Gwen to be very useful in that regard. Also, pulling people off of secures uh, allows you a lot of control with just the combination of her and Magneto pulling people off of secures. That allows you to really push that whole secure attrition game that I try and go with. Uh, I usually don't pick going to 17. Uh, well, I'm, I'm fine with playing at 17, it's just that a lot of the time I want to be playing my secures and therefore I'm not usually playing 17. It's more of a response yeah. kind of threat value to whatever my opponent's throwing at me in terms of you know, whether I get to pick extracts or whether they pick extracts. Seventeen Do you also ever very intentionally try and pick extracts uh, into somebody, or is it always given to you when you lose prio in your experience? Uh, I think it's almost always given to me. I don't think I ever want to actively pick extracts. I don't think I've ever actually run a list that does. It's just not my playstyle. Yeah. I like to focus on the things that don't move around because I feel like those are a lot easier to plan for in a game. And therefore, I want to build my game plan around something that's kind of immutable, effectively. It's always going to be the same way, regardless of what the table is like, regardless of how the game shakes out. They're always going to be in those exact same positions, whereas with extracts, they move around all the time. Like, you can do turn one plays with extracts, for sure, and, like, be fairly confident with where they'll end up, but I just don't like the unreliability of positioning for extracts, which is why I tend to go for secures. And then the extracts are in there is effectively a way to ward off anyone trying to make me pick extracts by either like, I've got a myriad of extracts in there that are just bad for certain teams, and then I've got hammers as kind of a neutral one, if I don't get the thing I'm actually going for to punish them. So like, you know, Spider Infected, a lot of teams don't like being moved around, they don't like playing into that. And then Alien Ship, uh, it allows me to kind of focus where I'm going, rather than having to spread out and deal with multiple targets at a time. So th this is actually something that I think is uh, a topic that I should cover in an off-topic Roster Doctor episode or a clinic article. But um, knowing like how you're going to force, so if you're virtually always going to pick Secures, um, then when you're thinking about covering particular threat values, you should be thinking about the ones that you're going to force and then having coverage for what other people might force onto you. So since it sounds like you're never intentionally going to 17 unless something weird is going on, and even then, you're probably not going to have the prior to force 17, you don't have to worry super hard about like prepping super hard for 17 threat. Like you want to understand... Well, if we're playing 17 and it's this crisis shape, 
then I want to play this team, right? And like maybe maybe think about some yep. of the more common ones like spider infected, evac, stuff like that. Um but I but I think it's good to know that like these are only ever going to be played when you don't have prio and your opponent is specifically trying to do something with them. Um Yeah. Or uh in the case of uh, spider infected for your list, uh, you have to cover the case of your opponent pick secures. They've got some kind of secure game and you're doing that in response into a tall team. Um, yeah. And that's actually something I really like about your 17 threat team um, is it like, it understands is going wide versus tall specifically against the spider uh, or against somebody that you want to put spider infected into. <clears throat> so you've built this team where like all the pieces are very good at abusing like your counter answer. Um, I I really like that. Um, but uh, let let's go through some other seventeens actually while we're here real quick. Let me. So I'm actually gonna switch the view to uh, assemble because I've got that built in. Um, let's look at 17 crises. Uh, I'm just trying to think if there's any particular crazy ones we should cover. Um, well, struggle for the cube, you played into that one. Do you, do you still play the same team on struggle for the cube? Struggle for the cube tends to be a little um, more attrition heavy because everybody's being handed out damage and power. So struggle for the cube. Uh, I think. If my opponent has a specific game plan for it, like Defender's Hulk, mm -hmm. uh, I usually pivot to Web Warriors in order to just effectively try and neuter what they're doing. Mm -hmm. uh, and at 17 for Web Warriors, what, what would I bring? I'd have the base 10, and then probably take Sabretooth and Valkyrie. Yeah, Sabretooth and Valkyrie, because th that's actually what I ran against that Hulk list. Mm -hmm. And then if I'm doing that, uh, then I get my choice of secures and I try and force the D because I don't want things to be too clumped up in the middle because that kind of negates the control that the web warriors afford me. If I can't force the D, then I go for either of these. Uh, I think I'd probably end up going for Gamma just because with Gamma cubes, you can make a very fast list. Well, not a fast list, but you can make it a very fast game. Yeah, it's a, it's a fast attrition game. Everyone's throwing and out then, haymakers, and everybody's dying super fast. And since exactly. you control the like, yeah. Yeah, and then I try and probably play Brotherhood into that and just have, like, just bring enough force to put down Hulk. And I probably run the 17 that I mentioned earlier, simply because uh, it's quite fast-moving. Uh, it's got two very good damage dealers in the form of Magneto and Valkyrie, mm -hmm. who can probably deal with Hulk a lot of the time. Also, if Hulk comes for comes forwards, does all of his things, if my opponent makes the mistake of not ending within two, he gets deception forward, and I can kind of do a Web Warrior-esque play. And even if they do end within two, I can send Gwen up, have her do a an impact webbing, pull him in, and then if they don't immediately correct to have someone within two, I can then do the deception play and run into like kind of a very similar circumstance. Mm -hmm. And then if I've got that on the go, I can potentially just drop a Magneto onto Hulk turn one. 
uh, and really just try and like you know chew through that twenty hit points. Yeah, I I, th I think both of those are excellent lines, either forcing the full attrition play or just trying to control and limit the Hulk. Um, if is, you're specifically running into a cube example. Um, but rather than exhaust all the 17 options, because it is by far the most common, uh, let's bump on up to 18 threat. Um, so 18, right. you're probably playing hammers here. I forget if one of the secures is also 18. Um, Let me fix my view and assemble. Spider portals is 18, I believe. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah, and also yeah. Mutant Madman is 18. Yep, so you're either playing somebody who's forcing a secure onto you, or you're playing your beloved Hammers. So what teams are you looking to yeah. play here in this setup? So in this setup, I probably, like, one of the things you might find as a common theme with these various threat point lists is if it has Valkyrie in it, and it goes to a point more, I usually just swap out Valkyrie for Vision because I find the turn one plays very important, like turn one throw very important yep. when I play Brotherhood. Uh, and also, if I'm playing on 18 threat, uh, assume, assuming that uh, I've had the secure picked for me, uh, I don't really want to play spider poles. That's not like a thing that either of my teams are good at, necessarily. Yeah. But I probably end up running some sort of web warriors uh, I mean, in the revised list. Actually, in this list as well, I can potentially go for the three web warriors. Uh, three web warriors being Parker, because Venom is in here. I need to remember yeah. that. Uh, probably go three web warriors, Magneto Toad, or Magneto Okoye in the revised version. Yeah. And then I just try and... I, I probably send the... I'd probably try and play a more extract-focused game, uh, because if I'm being forced to play one of those, I'm picking extracts, which means I'd probably try and force Spider-Infected in order to... Just, I've got numbers there. I've got five, five wide. That's pretty average. But because I've got all of the maneuverability from the Web Warriors and Toad being able to grab things from far away, I can kind of have Magneto trundle around for the first turn or two, and then he can suddenly do his thing, try and get some kills, try and attrition out a bit as well. Like a common theme, I think, with a lot of my lists is I play quite attrition heavy. I don't usually go for the super fast plays. Mm -hmm. It's just not my play style. Yeah. So I probably go for either that or I go for the uh, aforementioned 17 threat with Valk switched out for uh, Vision. Uh, although Vision isn't great on either of those 18 point secures uh but on hammers he's fairly decent like real, there's no one real quick do you ever consider turning gwen into vision instead of valkyrie so that you have both uh, throw I, bots? uh so, i don't simply because i find that you, one you like the emergency other button too much yeah yeah the emergency button is really good but also just that push from the uh, webline can be really good for setting up certain plays with the Brotherhood team. Yep. Also, I find that having two throwers in addition to Magneto ends up being a bit like, if that oversaturates the people he can throw. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. Magneto can throw like two or three things on his go when he's like at the height of his power. And 
either of the other two can kind of like early game they destroy some terrain to get some power out on the board for me and then after that point they're kind of just throwing characters away uh, and doing kind of control stuff like that and i find that once they settle into that control role of just throwing characters away and doing damage because both of my uh throwers are damage dealers in the form of vision and valkyrie they're both quite good at dealing damage uh like i i feel like i've got the bases covered in terms of throws and damage and then i want to bring something in that's like support and also control that can in a pinch kick out damage which is why i like gwen just having her as a static thing in that list yeah i can dig it um yeah so especially if you want to like keep key pieces alive i think gwen is definitely a very valuable piece um i it's always a tricky thing to know when you've put too much terrain destruction into a brotherhood list i found um like you, you've got to hit the right balance, and I think it also uh, depends a lot on the shape of the crisis. If you're forcing E a lot, yeah. you're going to be in a tight vertical column with limited access to terrain. But if you're playing yeah. like a B or a D, you might be able to split up multiple like columns where Magneto's on one, a second thrower's on another, a third one's on there where it's fine. But if you're not building your list yeah. to intentionally do that, it's probably best to just uh leave one of valkyrie or vision at home it sounds like yeah um, that's it, my general philosophy on that kind of point yeah um any uh final thing we want to cover on 18 or should we just bump on up to 19 uh i don't think there's anything else we need to cover yeah okay bump on to 19 19 threat um so this has to be demons downtown or um panic grip city is a vac yep yeah so what's your go-to here uh my go-to here i actually have to think about this because i haven't considered this that much uh i probably go for well i'm playing brotherhood regardless uh, yeah. i have brotherhood base of Magneto and Toad, and then plus one more. Uh, it's either Sabretooth or Mystique. Uh, I think at this point's value, I actually end up bringing in Sabretooth mm -hmm. uh, and just run my previous list, but then bump Mystique up to Sabretooth. And the reason for that is that uh, on demons specifically, because people are getting set on fire and they're having lower defenses, uh, Sabretooth's, uh, what's it called? Untamed Force uh, becomes even more valuable yeah. because you're getting more attacks, which means you're making more use of the debuff, which means that the scenario is helping you more than it usually helps your opponent. Yeah, I can dig it. Uh, so, do, do you ever consider bump or upgrading from your 17 threat team, though, instead? So Toad becomes uh, Sabretooth because Mystique also has a lot of synergy with Incinerate due to rapid fire on her pistol mm. shots. Yeah. So I think that largely depends on what extract I'm playing into. Uh, if it's like an extract that I want to kind of, sh depending on like the shape of where the extract drop, if I want to shy away from it a bit, I'd probably go with Toad just because I can have that mm -hmm. range two rather than the range one. Yeah. But if it's something like, if it's a fairly narrow extract, like 
if, if it's something wide like hammers, I bring Toad because I want to be able to safely grab one of the flank hammers and just not worry too much about getting his ass kicked. Whereas if it's something a bit narrower, like maybe cubes, for example, where you can kind of grab them and also get kind of into the middle in one go, uh, I think if you can get to it with a normal move, with normal character, I'm alright dropping Toad and then having my 17 with Sabretooth becoming Toad. But if it's something that you need to spend at least two actions getting to one round one, I like having Toad because I just like having him be a little bit further back, just being safe, just making me not have to worry about extracts too much in the early game. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, if somebody puts evac into you, so presumably you don't have prio, you're playing against the Asgard or criminal syndicate or whatever hired muscle shell, and you don't have prio, mm. um, what are you looking for here? Uh, at that point, I, so in terms of my secure, uh, I probably drop whichever E I have, because mm. uh, I want to force the fight in the middle. Yep. Uh, in that situation, I am pretty much guaranteed to run Mystique instead of Toad. Yep. For because exactly. I want to be able to detect someone in and then potentially webline them in with Gwen and then just have Magneto go, yeah, you don't exist anymore. Goodbye. And then effectively solving the whole hired muscle conundrum effectively. Do you try and fit Peter in at all to get like a second pull? Like something like uh, Magneto, Sabretooth, Toad, Peter, Gwen? Uh, I think I... So, effectively, uh, it, Deception and Peter play a very similar role mm -hmm. in that list because, effectively, both of them are dragging someone in early doors. And I yeah. just find that... So the, the question mystique... to me is how much is too much, I guess. Hmm. Uh, usually I find that two, like, if it's, say, Dash Guard and they've got, like, Angela in there, yeah. Deception, most of the time, Deception is better than the pull, mm -hmm. simply because most of the time it moves further, and effectively, yeah. like, you, you end up getting them within two of Magneto a lot of the time, regardless, mm -hmm. uh, and also, like, you can do... Variants like if someone has somehow ended up within two of the person who went and grabbed the far extract, uh, you can go with Gwen first, do the pull, then do the deception. So, like, the drawbacks of deception, uh, can kind of be mitigated by the inclusion of Gwen, and therefore, I don't feel that it's particularly necessary to bring Peter. Yeah, actually, the more I think about it, the more I like diversifying your pull options because you already have a pull on Gwen. Um, and uh, what's it called? Loki already kind of counters the pull play because he makes it more expensive, which means you need to yeah. free up some power somewhere to be able to do it anyways, but a deception just works. Um, though whether it's fast enough is another question for another day, but uh, that's, yeah. I mean, just generally the problem with dash guard. <laughs> um, hmm. Anything else to cover while we're here on 19? I think that pretty much wraps it, right? that's it right okay let's bump on up to 20 threats so here it's just alien ship crashes in downtown you've got a very yep. dead extract um mm -hmm. 
but you also are equipped with more better tools uh, than your opponent um, with Toad yeah. and Mystique and Pulls. Um, so I think there's a lot of ways to punish your opponent if they manage to find it. And if you manage to find yeah, it, I've you got just a lot run away of with Toad or Mystique. Yeah, because, I mean, effectively, I'm always going to go for the core of Magneto, Mystique, and Gwen. To mm -hmm. just if they do grab the extract, then they're coming in and they're having a nice chat with Magneto, which probably ends with them missing half their face, uh, or at least having a lot of metal sticking out of it. Yeah. So presumably you're filling in the remaining six points with Toad and then uh, a points. four of your choice. Uh, it's eight points left, not six. Yes, because I am terrible at math. Thank you for <laughs> reminding me. So Toad and two You're threes welcome. of your choice? I'll, I'll tell you about it mathematically. Yeah, that's probably what I go for. So I go for like Toad and then uh, Miles and then probably Valkyrie is what I go with. Because if I can't crack the shell, I can just walk up with Mars and go, mine now, and then run away. Or I can have Valkyrie as extra damage to just really help get down whoever was unfortunate enough to grab it. And then at that point, I'm running. Well, actually, uh, then that's white. unaffiliated. Um, oh, is it? Mm, yeah, that, yeah, that's where the math gets screwy. So you either need to give up on Mystique or. Um, yeah, uh, there, there's a lot of like complicated conniption fits here, actually. Uh, yeah, I think this is actually one of the situations where a Koye makes things a lot easier. Yeah, because you can slip in another two. You play all four Brotherhood for 15, Okoye for 17, and then Gwen. And then Gwen. Yeah, probably Gwen. Uh, mm, e either Gwen or Valkyrie, depending on what I think I'm going to come up against. Uh, if I think I'm going to yeah. come up against something that's, like, you know, super tanky, I end up going with, you know, Valk to try and crack that nut. Or if I think they're going to pose a lot of threat to me in terms of damage, I bring Gwen, have her like, hanging about for the lifesaver and stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, like, e either of those iterations, I think, is fine. Uh, which is one of the main reasons that I actually ended up bringing Okoye in, just for that flexibility in terms of building. Yeah, I, I think that's <laughs> that's definitely going to be a spoiler for the listeners, but I think Okoye is going to be the obvious replacement here, or at least some two to fit in. Um <laughs> Uh, I, I think she really helps on the toy threat play here. Um, but I yeah. think that's going to wrap us up for generic threat coverage. So we're going to go into specific crisis combinations now. Um, so for those of you who haven't seen this segment before, our new listeners or whatever, I'm going to present Gwen with three crisis combinations that include one of his crises, because you're never going to see a crisis combination that has neither of your crises. Um, we're going to talk about... Uh, what threat he would pick if he had prio and then what team he would put down specifically for that crisis combination um with the enemy team being in a vacuum but you can make some educated guesses based on the specific crisis combination and what they're going to want to be doing right um so yeah. first off we're going to start with uh alien ship crashes in downtown and deadly meteors mutate civilians so <laughs> something has gone very wrong here i think um because I'm not sure if you would ever intentionally do this. 
Um, but maybe your opponent zigs while you zagged. But you're playing this really weird midline brawl. Um, yeah. And I mean, this is realistically you would never have trial. Yeah. Yeah. So I probably don't have prio. Um, I mean, but if you do have prio, what threat do you I pick just, here? Uh, if I have prio, I go for seventeen because I'm very confident with my seventeen point list. Okay. Uh, I almost certainly play the Brotherhood with uh, Valkyrie and Gwen. Uh, just because I think that's a very good all covers list. Like I play that like pretty much every time I play seventeen, unless. I know my opponent's going to do something wacky, such as the Hulk Cubes play. Yeah. Uh, and with, with this, effectively, I've got Mystique in there, I've got Gwen in there. So whoever gets that extract, come into me. Uh, in terms of the Deadly Meteors, it's a rough one because everyone is three defense on my team. Yeah, every single person is average uh, energy defense. So if I'm running into, like, an Asgard or something, I'm guessing Asgard. It's probably Asgard or Avengers, if it's Deadly Meteors, yeah. is what I've seen. Yeah, so against either of those teams, I think the way I try and win is I go after whoever gets the extract, or I get it myself. Uh, I don't really mind either. Uh, and then in terms of the secure, I try and leverage... Uh, a, my damage output by virtue of having Valkyrie and Mags and try and mm -hmm. just daze people who are on points so it's easier to flip. Or I use Gwen to pull people off of points to make them easier to flip. Yeah, it's or Magneto's Builder. A There's a lot of great tools to displace people and then flip it yourself. Yeah. Like just using either displacement or dazing in order to make grabbing the secures easier. Uh, it's still iffy. I think if. I can grab the alien shit early, which kind of my list is built to do a lot of the time, because mm -hmm. it just has Magneto there with the Deception and the, uh, in, uh, not Impact Weapon, Webline. Just, it's there to crack that nut. If I can crack that nut, or, you know, I can find it myself, I think I'm alright being down on Meteors for a little while. Mm -hmm. And then I kind of just use, once again, the attrition that my team is built for to kind of work through whatever threats they're posing me with, neutralizing them as best I can, and then start and flip things around. Because effectively, if my opponent goes three turns with having the Meteors, they go up to nine, mm -hmm. uh, and then I've had the alien ship for three turns, so I go up to six. If I then flip the Meteors on turn four, uh, we suddenly tie. Ship. Yeah, then you're yeah. up. And then from that point, I'm probably, I've probably done enough attrition work to then be able to carry the rest of game of the game at that point. So I've got I've got enough time if I can kind of leverage the alien ship. Yeah, I th I think that's definitely the right call, um, regardless of the team. But you're probably you're probably going to see Avengers or Asgard, maybe some weird Black Order team, uh, trying to abuse reality. Mm. Um, yeah. Man, th this would be magical Christmas land for uh, a reality team. Meteors and alien ship with uh, crit. Fishing. Oh, yeah, because you get on the flip as well. Ugh. Okay, Ooh. well, next crisis combination is probably going to be a little bit more tolerable. Oh, God. Um, 
it's going to be Panic in Demons Downtown, which is something you're probably going to see a lot. Um, yeah. You might have prior, you might not. You're always going to be playing 19, so the prior question doesn't matter. Um, mm. Do you have hard muscle in your eight? I forget. No, right? Uh, I do not. Yep. I just don't like it. In the so, so it is theoretically possible that since you don't have hired muscle in your eight, that they will play evac even without prio, because they can yep. always do the hired muscle play on the flank that you don't activate first on. So that's something definitely to think about yep. for people who are looking to have uh, sh shore up their hired muscle matchup is they can even play it when they don't have prio if you don't take hired muscle yourself mm -hmm. or have a pentagrams play or uh, like Corvus Proxima to grab two at the same time, something like that. Um, so uh, you, you've got to like play this. You're, you're probably going to play both sides of this, having prio and not having prio. Um, so that's definitely something to think yeah. about. Um, I think you're relatively happy with this setup, even against Dash Guard. Yeah, like because I have those tools to pull people in, uh, like Dash Guard isn't well, it's annoying, but it's not super worrying because the whole thing is hired muscle and then you know, being a little bit like range two further back than where you would be normally. That doesn't really matter against me because I pull you in anyway. And then yeah. once I pull you in, I just try and kill you as best I can. Because uh, at 19, what did we say that I normally... It's the Mystique variant, obviously. Yep. So I have Mags, Mystique, Sabretooth. That is 13. Yep. And then I've got six more. So, so I take Gwen, Valkyrie. Gwen. Yep. Yeah. And then at that point, I, you know, Gwen and Mystique are used to pull people in. Uh, Mystique maybe gets, like, a pot shot off doesn't really matter too much it might do a point of damage if i'm lucky uh but then i've got Sabretooth, magneto and valkyrie effectively to just murder whoever went and grabbed the far extract yeah something I else i really like about this variant game. um is that uh if you do have prio you can open on the side that has the Loki and pick up the gem there so that they have to yeah. hide muscle on the other flank, which actually opens up a Gwen hull, uh, pardon the pun, uh, play um, on the other flank because uh, they don't have to worry about Loki's cost-increasing aura. Though you do have yeah. to be careful if they do put Enchantress and Loki on the same side, which... Typically they don't, from what I've seen. Typically Enchantress goes on the other side because yeah. she wants to clean up the one extract that they can't get round one, guaranteed. Um, yeah. But theoretically, Loki can uh, mind gem whoever picked up the one on his flank towards the middle of the board for Enchantress to move up and try and steal it round one. Um, so that's yeah, something so you I have think to be what careful I with in your positioning. What I try and do to mitigate that is I have someone walk up, grab the thing, and then walk away from where they were, and then it effectively walk towards yep. the back demon portal. Yep. And then that kind I can either, you know, like, with terrain perhaps, or just by virtue of, you know, weird placement things, I can kind of control where they'll end up, and also if they're going to that extent to bring them out, then they're likely either feeding another person to Magneto or making it so Magneto has potential 
yeah. do do something to them on turn two, because I still have Gwen available to like pull in Enchantress if she goes and like you know yeah because uh, she like walk walk turn one. Uh, I, depending on how placement works out, she either has to do she has to like either advance R and D and bow, or walk grab the thing walk away. And I think in most of those situations, I'm all right to just be okay. Well, I'm going to pull you in closer. Magneto's then going to hit you from three away, pull you in even more, throw at you because Enchantress absolutely hates having things thrown at her. Yep. <laughs> and then I can kind of just break that piece apart with you know Sabretooth and Valkyrie and Mystique, and just also depending on like placement of like terrain and constructs, uh, I can just finish off. Uh, Enchantress with the flick of a button by just doing expert sabotage with Mystique. Uh, and I feel like I'm okay in that situation a lot of the time, because I've probably done a lot of damage to someone who went and did the hired muscle play, regardless of whatever flank they did it on. Uh, also, if they do it with Loki, I can still get enough power to do the pull in with Gwen if I do a throw first. Yeah. Uh, because she goes up to three total after the uh, shot. And then, like, pull them in, just kind of break things apart, effectively, because this list is very good at just focusing on a single character or a couple characters at a time and just breaking them down. It, it doesn't spread damage. It just goes, I am going to laser beam focus on you, you are going to probably die, and then if that happens, I'm in an alright situation that I don't really mind. Yeah, I think you're pretty happy. They, they, they can mitigate a lot of the damage between Odin's Blessing and Rainbow Bridge, potentially Trickster, mm. uh, Brace, if they've got it, they probably do, uh, for Enchantress. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you, you, you can get some very favorable positions if you have Pryo, and they try and force this anyways. Um, if they have Pryo, that means that they can lead with Loki, um, which is a little bit trickier, but I think you're still pretty happy with that outcome. Um, yeah, I don't mind it too much. Yeah. Uh, anything else to cover on this Crisis combo? I think it's pretty straightforward. So. Um, no, I think that's pretty much it. Okay, finally, we've got Struggle for the Cube continues, and Cosmic Invasion Black Order descends in uh, descends on Earth. So presumably this is a Hulk Portal's play, um, which yep. means they probably have Pryo, but maybe they don't. Um, mm. And uh, you played Cosmic Invasion into this for uh, presumably the Web Warriors plan. Uh, yeah. What threat do you pick here? Because you've got the option of 17 uh... or 16. I think I go for this. So I think I I go for... So I did play this. This is the exact yeah. scenario setup I played in the last round of the event. Mm -hmm. And we were playing at 17. And I'm thinking of what changes in the Hulk Cubes list at 16. Um, they have to go three too wide. familiar with it. They have to go three wide or they, they have, have to, to play two wide. twos. Um. Mm. Like, sure, they can play yes. like Wong Okoye or something, and that's that's decent. But yes, I think that's way better than Wong letting Okoye them play Valkyrie or... Wong or, Valkyrie or Wolverine. Wolverine. 
Yeah, or they, yeah. or they can play Wolverine and portal him through into a Berserker Barrage immediately to start. But if they just gift wrap Wolverine like that, I think you're pretty happy. Yeah, I, I don't mind that at all. So I'd probably do force the 16 just to limit how many activations they get, because that also helps me in terms of secures. Yeah, I, uh, I think it either limits their previews. activations or severely reduces the quality of their characters outside of Strange and Hulk. Yeah. So what ends up happening either way is I run Miles, Parker, Gwen for 10, and then I either go Valkyrie, Mystique, or if I have to play 17 and Dota Pro, I go for uh, Valkyrie, Sabertooth. Yeah. And I think in both situations, I'm perfectly happy with that. Mm -hmm. If I get the choice, I go for 16. If I'm forced for 17, I don't mind too much. Obviously, yeah, I, I don't think it's the end of the world, 16 versus 17 here. I think 16 just has a slight yeah. edge. Yeah. Uh, and I play that into it. Uh, I try and just pull Hulk in and just beat the crap out of him, which is what I ended up trying to do in my final game of the event. Uh, Hulk ended up running away in that. Uh, I got him down to nine health remaining at the start of round two. Uh, because he had three cubes, and then he just had to run away through the portal. But because so that's actually where advanced R and D becomes very important. Because if Hulk has run away through the portal, and my opponent has three characters left at that point, I can effectively do proactive things that also effectively waste activations in a sense. In that I'm forcing my opponent to activate characters. And then once I get left with the final character left, I go with Miles. And then with the three power I have, I web swing for two, jump through the portal, kick Hulk, and then try and generate enough power for the Venom Blast, which is fairly doable so long as Strange doesn't have the uh, defensive bonus up. Even then, it's like a dice thing, effectively. Mm -hmm. I could also, like, through my wasted activations of like Parker and Gwen, I could separate the two of them, or at least try to, and then have Miles get the hit in, gain enough power for the Venom Blast, and just punch Hulk, make him drop the things. Even if I can't pick the things up, dropping them away from Hulk, like just completely neuters the scoring aspect of that defender's team. It also screws with his power economy, because um, yeah. he has terrible power generation, ironically. Because uh, oh, without so the strike, bad. so he needs the cubes to like augment his terrible power. Um, yeah, and then if that's not happening, he's in a much worse place. So that's actually something very interesting to watch out for. I forget it. I don't remember if Jacob made an article on this yet or not. But he he was talking about investigating it. Um, Xavier Protocols, mm. Jacob, of course, for those people who aren't familiar check out his blog he does a lot of great stuff on numbers and just general tricks for the game um but i think you can actually play a way more defensive version of the hulk cube play with uh she hulk because while she's a smaller mm. base she's a medium move i think she actually physically yeah. gets further back than hulk does um, i would imagine so also so she's, she's got harder to reach yeah, she's got better defenses. She will unleash a way nastier can of wolf ass on you if you come after her. Yeah. Um, so I think that's definitely something to watch out for in the 
uh, season four league and going forwards is I think She-Hulk might be in place of Hulk. And I think you need to be really careful about how you deal with her instead of him. Yeah. I think probably my answer to She-Hulk at that point is trying to pull her in. I mean, my answer to either of these situations is try and pull them in and effectively just get enough power on Miles for that single Venom Blast. And then once that happens, kind of the, the game opens up and it becomes a lot easier for me to just rack up VPs because they are stagnated by three, assuming She-Hulk has gone beforehand. Because if she hasn't, she's probably getting a face smashed in. Yeah. Uh, and also, if I can... I really liked the notion of getting an all-webbed-up off on She-Hulk, because if she's slow, she, she her being slow makes it so much harder for her to escape a lot of things, because she doesn't have the range to placement on Hulk. Yeah, she, she doesn't have the tricks, that's like her main downside. Yeah, which kind of makes it a lot harder for her to get out of the situation that I ended up putting my opponent's Hulk in, in the game I played. Mm-hmm. Uh, like where he was effectively surrounded by my team and he was like out of one of the portal. Because if She-Hulk has to spend an action to get down there, I've got a lot more tools available to me in terms of things that just haven't been dazed by that like initial activation round two. Yeah. Yeah, I think it, I'd have to play into it a few times to see how it ends up going. And obviously terrain makes a big difference because of the poles. Uh, but, yeah, it'd be an interesting one to test out. Okay, well, I think that's going to wrap us up for Crisis Combination, so we're just going to talk about changes. And since we're already at 85 minutes, we're going to breeze through this. So characters, we already talked about it. Venom becomes a Koye, opens up a ton of options. Yeah. We literally never used Venom in all of our examples. We talked about theoretically using uh, a Koye in some of our examples. So she will open yeah. up a lot of options that we couldn't see in our analysis uh, page because we were using Venom instead of her. Uh, it cleans up your 20 threat for alien ship. Um, it helps Massively. bridge the gap at a, a lot of other threat values where you can fit in two twos, where you would do a four and go a little bit wider. Um, and it also just gives you a lot more fungibility with characters where you can turn threes into twos and vice versa. Or you can turn a three into two twos. Um, so there's a lot of ways to play with that. Um, so I think we're in agreement there. Um, <sighs> tactics. Um, I am personally not in love with field dressing here. Um, That's fair. I understand the reasoning for it. Um, but I almost wonder if you would be better served by med pack. Or not med pack, uh, patch up. Because you're so mm. flush with power, and I'm assuming you're taking field dressing to help keep Magneto alive, right? Yes, yeah, so I tend to be quite uh, reserved when I play Magneto. I tend to hold him too late in the turn a lot of the time. Yep. Uh, even if like he has like an opportunity to go and do like big things early round, I find that if you do like big things at the start of the turn, your opponent has a lot of time to kind of engineer a situation where that isn't as bad as if you know magneto goes at the end of the round and just goes i'm doing these things you aren't going to have anything that you can react to it with yeah so i i do like just having that field dressing there in order to be like 
Well, you've got rid of Magneto. That's probably taken most of your resources for the turn. And then I'm going to bring him back and have him do his thing that he was going to do anyway. And then either, you know, let him be Day's next turn or I med pack him. Or if I, like, sometimes if I can, I actually try and get Magneto re-dazed at that point. Yeah, I was, I was so about like to I'm say that, because there's nothing worse than a one-health Magneto. Because he'll, yeah, he'll just like, get yeeted I'm... off the board first activation next round. Yeah. So, like, if I'm playing Gamma, just walk outside of two, and then just go, well, taking a damage, getting flipped, I now have eight health. Well, you Point can also just now. have him throw terrain at himself if you'd rather not burn an action, right? Uh, I don't think you can throw terrain at yourself, can you? I know you can throw characters comes at yourself you. if you need something to collide. Yeah, well, that's no, because you, you measure the throw yeah. from the character, whereas when you throw terrain, you measure it from yourself, and I don't think you can uh, yeah, throw yeah, something no, 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 at no, yourself, no. necessarily. Well, you could have another teammate throw something at him, right? I think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I've that, never intentionally thrown terrain good. at myself, but that, that, that's definitely something to keep in mind. Or just a character throw. Have Valkyrie throw him into a piece of terrain for the auto point, so you don't even need to roll. Yeah. Um, uh, you can't throw your own characters. Oh, yep, yep, yep. No, no, no. That's one hundred percent right because that'd be busted. Um, so you do have to throw something. Yeah, but in like throwing them. someone else into mags and just going, oh no, I take it. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Once like your opponent's like big threats have gone, you bring him back. He does his thing, eliminates those threats, or sets them up for you know right pickings yeah. next turn. Uh, if your opponent goes right, I'm going to ignore the magneto that's left with like my last couple activations. Uh, who are like weedier characters, then you just go, right, well, Valkyrie walks up, either throws someone into Magneto, or throws a thing into Magneto, and then yep, just yep. try and let yourself get dazed. Even though, like, if, you know, you get a really inopportune, amazing dice roll for your dodge, and you're like, oh, great, block all of it. That's exactly mm -hmm. what I wanted. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I just hate leaving Magneto on, like, exactly one. Um, mm. but yeah if you're having good results with it for how defensive you're playing I think it's perfectly fine um, I, I think it's mainly just personal preference here that I'd rather have patch up um, because that means essentially anybody can heal Magneto to full at any time if anybody ever fails to kill him which it is yeah. pretty hard to force him down in one activation if he's flush with enough power hmm yeah, I mean, I, I'm not a fan of patch-up just because you can't do it on your own turn. Uh, I find med-pack a lot. Just I find there are a lot of situations where, like, set, someone dazes a bunch of people that are around Magneto if, like, a turn goes particularly badly. And if that ends up happening, just the fact that you can't do it to yourself, uh, it might yeah. mean that you have to pull resources from somewhere, somewhere else that are scenario-based and things like that. I just, I like having the flexibility, and also yeah, I feel patch that... patch-up kind of relies and... on you having a retinue, which if, if you're playing pretty spread, yeah. and Magneto's relatively isolated, just waiting for the Asteroid M, um, mm. then you're probably going to get less mileage out of patch-up, so that that's more than fair. Um, but yeah, other, other than that, I'm relatively happy. I mean, maybe Sneak hired Muscle to in, as a threat, but you really need advanced R&D and all. You you need essentially everything except for climbing gear, and then, like, field dressing can turn into any other restricted card, I think, if, if you've yeah. got a strong enough case. I think 
Grace and Doom Prophecy are probably the two worst. Um, and, well, you, you've probably. got Mystique, so you've got a really nasty abuser for Doom Prophecy. So if you really like it mm -hmm. on stuff like Magneto yeah. and Sabretooth, maybe it's fine, but I really don't think you want to be Doom Prophesying Magneto, because he will go down like almost instantaneously. Yeah, I'm, I'm just game. not a big fan of like the 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 massive downside of Doom Prophecy. I I do tend to be more of a defensive player. Yeah. Uh, I I like being aggressive in terms of dealing lots of damage, but I like to be quite conservative. I don't like making big risky plays or plays that, you know, have a big payoff now but don't have something like have something detrimental later. I like just consistency a lot of the time. Yeah. Actually, actually, speaking of stuff with downsides and Doom Prophecy, Blind Obsession might be a good uh, piece here. Um, it scales well with a lot of your characters. Um, mm. I really love it because it's a power phase defensive tool that you can use when you know your opponent has Pryo and you know what they're going to hit first. Because if you just give yeah, plus I... two to all defense rolls to somebody for three power against the thing you're most afraid of, well, then they either don't go with the thing you're afraid of and let you take a Which shot a at dazing or KOing that thing you're afraid of. Or they go with it, yeah. and they probably do way less than they were going to. Or spend way more resources trying to finish you off than they should have. Um, so I, I, I think Blind Obsession, it's always a good thing to slot in if you have the room. But you are very tight here. So I don't think it's the end of the world mm. if you pass on it. <laughs> yeah. So, like, up until a few days ago, I probably would have gone, eh, not a fan of Blind Obsession. But now that I've actually played it, because I hadn't previously played it before, I've been running a Guardian, really weird Guardian list with, like, 9-point Thanos. Uh, but, like, effectively, Blind... Uh, not, yeah, Blind... I was about to call it Blind Prophecy. That's not it. Uh, <laughs> blind Obsession. <laughs> it, like, I, I've really warmed to that card. Like, it's expensive but because my brotherhood teams are so power flush i think that could be a real consideration in place of climbing gear and do actually agree with you on that one yeah because climbing I, I gear anything you can do in the power phase win. is so bonkers um yeah like if you look at most of the really good power phase cards like shadow org doom prophecy uh blind obsession like i i think there's a lot of gas in a lot of them because you get to see the board state, yeah. you get to know what the like first couple of activations are going to be, and you know exactly whether or not it's going to be worth it, and you can just hold it if it's not. Um, yeah. Uh, Blunted Session is start of activation phase, right? Yeah, yeah. So it happens before the first activation I mean, that, it, happens. Yeah. It's the same difference, effectively. Yeah, it's yeah, just sorry. that you, like, either way, you get power beforehand. Like, yeah, there's yeah, no yeah. real need for distance. But yeah. Well, I think any of the cards that happen during the power phase happen after power is handed off to everybody. I, I don't have the exact timing um, step in yeah. front of me, but I uh, think that so beginning of the activation phase and during your yeah. power phase are almost the exact same timing. The only things they care about yeah. are like cards in those timings. So like in your power phase happens before the start of your activation phase. But other than that, yeah. I don't think there's any really meaningful distinction in the game. Uh, crisis effects is the only one I can think of. So oh, if you were playing Spider-Man, for instance, you would get yeah. to see where the move went before you play Blind Obsession, whereas if it was Power Phase, you wouldn't. Yeah, that's a good point. No, that makes it even better, because you can, you can potentially get out of even needing to use it, or... Yeah. 
but yeah, I, I think that's going to be it for tactics. So let's just roll up on crises. Uh, I have to admit, I do not love Cosmic Invasion, but I think that's more because when I'm doing an E-Force, I like to also do a fast force, which means I'm trying to do a fast score secure alongside, which means I really want to have uh, Fisk Vows to find witnesses. Um, mm. Because if you're playing, I mean, it's a little bit trickier because I think Brotherhood has some problems with it. I think the the Asteroid M play is brutal where you win one flank and then you move over to the other. But I think that they can still be outcompeted by dedicated uh, scenario teams like uh, Criminal Syndicate. Um, will very often do a good job of just beating you on it. So I can see not taking it. Um, yeah. In this case, I mean, it's mainly that for spiders. Like, I, of all the D's, it's the one that just has, like, a it's a random effect, so sometimes it's just never going to happen. Yeah. And also, when the effect does go off, it's massively beneficial to my team because we're yeah, struggle struggling so much with power happy. gen in the other game. Yeah. 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 Um. I could see cutting alien ship for herbs because you do have toad. Um, mm. But I, I think that's a personal preference and I think alien ships is just fine. So I, I, I don't love the random aspect. I, th I think that's more coloring my views than anything else is I hate the random aspect. But also being able to force yeah. people into super low threat, like 15, uh, can also do weird things. Mm. Yeah. Alternatively, you could I mean, go I for think... Senators, which isn't random and is super low threat, uh, because you do have the Asteroid M threat. Um, though I don't know if there's some kind of gotcha where somebody can put you on a secure, secure you don't like paired with that, and then you just have a real bad time. I'm not sure. But uh, I think that would be interesting to explore. So I think if I was playing Web Warriors at 14, I'd be forced to do the three Web Warriors and Sabretooth or Vision, one of the two. Yeah. Which, not, not ideal. a big fan of that team. Yeah. Because yeah. like, if it's a deed secure, I can't really... Well, I can go Brotherhood, I just really don't like playing Brotherhood on D. Yeah, that's the thing. Uh, maybe Unless I you feel really playing... great about playing Brotherhood blind, I do not think you should put Senators in, because it's a... It's one of the faster scoring extracts. It ge it gives you a two zero advantage, yeah. and if you aren't abusing that better than your opponent, and you think you can handle whatever secure they throw at you, fine. Um, mm. You probably don't want to be doing it. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think that's going to wrap us up as we're about to hit the hundred minute mark on this episode, which is one of the longer ones, if not the longest. Um, Ooh. But thank you very much for coming on, Quinn. Do you have any uh, social media products, content, plugs you want to do? This is the time where we open it up to our guests to let our listeners know what they're doing, where they can find cool content from you if you're doing anything. Let the listeners nah, know. I'm, I'm, I'm just a dude that plays games. I, I, I don't have any content or anything like that. I'm, I may in the future. I don't know. But at the moment, I'm just a dude that plays games. Meh. Okay, well, if you're on the Tabletop Simulator Discord, uh, hit Quinn up for matches if you want to uh, see some really nasty uh, Web Warriors Brotherhood action. Uh, otherwise, we'll see you all next week. Thank you very much for listening, and uh, have a good evening. Bye-bye.